to welcome you to Mill Creek Baptist Church this morning. If you're joining us for the first time, we have connection cards and reviews. If you would just uh, fill that out and place an offering plate, I guess this information about yourself and uh, how to reach back out to you. I just want to remind you this morning that there are um, cards in the Lightning Post Office. Uh, please pick up your cards this afternoon um, or, as you're, or this morning as you're leaving uh, the service. If you could pick those up, that would be great. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Uh, dear Lord, uh, just thank you for letting us gather here this morning, Lord. Lord, just thank you for the season that we celebrate uh, your incarnation, Lord, uh, your coming, Lord, to the earth. Lord, I just pray that just during this time, Lord, that we would just uh, prepare our hearts to worship you this morning, Lord. Lord, that whatever we say or do in this place this morning, we just bring you glory, Lord. Lord, I pray for Pastor Annie as he uh, preaches today, Lord. Lord, may your word speak to us and may it change us. Lord, thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. The Everly family is going to come and light our Advent candles today.
do. We have any preschoolers who would like to go out uh, with Miss Kelly right here uh, for Bible story and activities? She will take you right on, and everyone else take a few minutes to fellowship together, and then we will sing again. Sunday before Christmas, and uh, I hope you can feel the excitement, the energy in the air. Oh my goodness. If you don't have children, come and see me. I will help you get in the spirit. We're going to enter into our time of prayer right now. We have a host of folks on our prayer list. I think we have more people on our list of bereavement that have recently lost loved ones at this moment than I've seen since I've been here at Mill Creek in almost four years. It's crazy um, how many people have lost loved ones recently. Also, a number of folks in the hospital, those recovering, those dealing with ongoing things like cancer um, and other kinds of ailments that they're having to deal with right now during this season, we want to lift them up. Uh, Sue Sweet is still recovering from her last chemo treatment. Uh, hit her pretty hard, and so praying for Sue and continue recovery for her. Our person of prayer for this week is Jordan Lawrence Kidd. Oh, (laughs) I love it. She said, excellent, thank you. Um, Yeah, if you're wondering, by the way, because you may be thinking, how did my name get in the jar? If your name was in the jar at one time, we were down to just a couple of names, and I recycled. I took all the names that I had used in the past and I put them back in the jar. But if your name is not in the jar, it's right over here. You can put your name in it. And I just reach in and randomly pull one out on Sunday morning. And that person becomes our person of prayer for the week. So pray for Jordan this week. Um, A lot going on at work, I'm sure, this time of year, as well as 
two little ones at home who are they excited about Christmas? Yeah, <laughs> overly. Yeah, so we'll pray for Jordan this week. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come before you on this Lord's Day, thanking you for the gift of a new day. Father, when our minds tend to revolve around gifts in this season, help us not to miss even the smallest of gifts like a brand new day with new opportunities ahead. Father, we're not guaranteed the next moment or the next day, so help us to appreciate the ones that we have. Most importantly, Father, help us to see you in them. Lord, help us to seek you out in the moments of our day. And Lord, help us to serve others that you bring across our paths each day. Father, we give you praise for those who are healthy and are back with us, those who have experienced some illnesses recently. And Father, we lift up those who are not with us today because of illnesses or because of things like um, cancer and chemo treatments that just wear us out at times. And so, Father, we pray for strength and renewal in their bodies. Lord, for those who have lost loved ones recently, so many that are on our list right now. And, Father, it's um, a hard time of year to celebrate when you're grieving. So, Lord, we pray that you would just watch over each one and their families. Father, thank you for Jordan, for what she means to our church family, for the ways that she serves in different capacities here. And Lord, we pray for her this week as she is at work, as she is a wife and a mother. Lord, just bless and surround her and help her to be a light that shines for you in all of these various places she finds herself this coming week. Lord, for us, as we journey, continue our journey toward Christmas, Father, we pray that you would speak boldly to us. Lord, that you would reveal yourself in fresh new ways. It's so easy to just fall back on memories of Christmas without seeing it through fresh eyes. And so, Lord, I pray that your spirit would speak to each one of us as we continue looking into your word this morning. And Father, as we have an opportunity to give, not just a gift, but Father, give from the storehouse in which you've already given to us. Lord, we pray as we collect our tithes and offerings now that you would bless them. Bless our regular tithes as well as our offerings to things like our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And pray your blessings on missionaries who are around the world at this moment sharing the good news of the gospel message. So be with us as we take up this offering now. And as we continue in worship, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
invite you to take your Bibles and open them up to Isaiah chapter 9 for one more time here this morning. Isaiah 9, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 7 together. As you're making your way there, one of humanity's greatest desires, one of our biggest needs is to experience peace on earth. He was sitting at his kitchen table, feeling the way a lot of us feel from time to time when life seems to squelch all of the joy within us out. And because it was Christmas morning, 1864, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow found himself sinking even into a deeper and darker place. The Civil War was raging and word had come that his son Charles had been severely wounded in battle. So the great poet reached for his pen and wrote, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. But the lines were coming from his head, not from his heart, not just because of news of his son, but his wife Fanny had been sitting by a window on a hot July day just three years earlier. She was melting a bar of sealing wax when a breeze caused a scalding drop to fall on her dress, engulfing her in flames. Hearing her screams, Longfellow raced to her side, attempting to smother the fire with a small rug, burning his own face and hands and arms so severely that he was unable to attend her funeral. Grief. Someone once suggested, grief is love that has no place to go. So Longfellow continued to write, and in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Maybe you have felt like Longfellow before in your life. Maybe this morning you feel that way. This morning we continue our journey toward Advent, this celebration of Christ's birth on Christmas. And for Christians, Christmas is that day in which we remember when we reflect that God sent his son to this earth. It's also a time of Advent where we are waiting, we're anticipating his return. And so we continue in that this morning. Scripture gives us a variety of names of Christ. We've looked at several of them recently. We will look at a couple of more this coming week. But this passage in Isaiah gives us some specific information about Jesus. Remember, names had meaning. They told about character, or they told about influence, the kind of person that child would be. And so as we look at these names, we're given a unique insight as to what the Christ child could be in our lives, not just in the lives of the Israelites that Isaiah was writing to. It gives us specific information about his identity and his character and who he would be. We're looking at this through these names this morning. So let's look one more time at Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. Remember, we're talking about peace this morning. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. As warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdened them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood 
will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called what? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah gives us these names for Christ, which gives us a bigger picture, a broader perspective on who he was talking about. And now that Christ has come and we recognize that, it gives us unique perspective and insight into who he is and how he relates to us. He is wonderful counselor, amazing, awesome, astonishing. He is someone who gives wise advice, exactly what we need to hear when we need to hear it. He is our advocate who will support and defend us, even to the point of laying down his life for ours. He's a wonderful counselor. He's also mighty God, Isaiah said. He's strong, he's mighty, he's powerful. He's a warrior hero who defends us. If you let him into your heart and life, if you will humble yourself before him and cast your cares on him and your anxieties on him, you will experience his power, his power defeating those giants that face you in your life, those things that come at you that seek to hurt and tear you down. He is our mighty God. Last week we saw that he is our everlasting father and as our everlasting father he gives us physical as well as spiritual life. He gives us advice and protects us because of his unconditional love for us. He displays his unconditional fatherly love by giving himself as a peace offering. And this morning, that is exactly what we see. He is our Prince of Peace. As Isaiah wrote in the Hebrew language, he is our Sar Shalom. Sar being Prince. But it's not just Prince. It's not just the son of a king, if you would. The way the word is designed in the Hebrew language, it's meant to mean the head person. The captain in charge, the one who is governor and prince, the go-to guy, if you would, the buck stops here guy. He is our sar, our prince of shalom, peace. For many of us, I think the term peace simply relates to the absence of war. Or the term peace makes us think of no chaos but serenity in our lives. Peace is connected to quiet. If there's no war, there's peace. But the word, the way it's used in the Hebrew in the Old Testament is so much more than that. In the Hebrew language, peace is a rich and powerful concept. Shalom signifies a sense of well-being, of happiness and fulfillment. It indicates a sense of harmony and completeness. Is it any wonder that it's the final name Isaiah gives us? Because it does help us to see completeness in our lives. To have shalom is not only to have a quiet life, but also to experience a fulfilled life in all areas of our life. Jesus is the Sar Shalom, our Prince of Peace. But as I read Scripture, I get mixed messages about that. When it comes to peace, I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how Jesus is our Prince of, of Peace. On one hand, he's called the Prince of Peace. The angels proclaimed at his birth peace on earth and goodwill to men. But Jesus, in his own words, on the other hand, in Matthew 10, 
32 to 36 said this, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. And then he says this, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. So how does the Prince of Peace, who brings division, also be the Prince of Peace, who is our Sar Shalom? Let me see if I can help you a little bit with that, because I had to wrestle with it myself. Our lack of peace comes from the world that we live in. As a result of our sin nature, we are at odds with God. Before we enter a relationship with him, it's, it's the consequences of our sin. God hates sin. Sin separates us from him. James 4, 4 says, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. And so because we are at war with God and not experiencing that peace that he created us to have, Scripture tells us that God created us with this God-shaped space in our heart. It's a space that can only be filled by him in a relationship with him. And until we come into that relationship with him, that space leaves us unfulfilled without a sense of peace. And as a result, we end up going down a variety of avenues searching to fill that place in our heart that can only be filled with him. We're constantly looking to find or experience Peace And unfortunately, we look for it in wrong places. We seek it through relationships. Teenagers did this all the time. I remember one young lady in my youth group in Louisville, Kentucky. She had broken up with a longtime boyfriend, and I was having a conversation with her, and she said, I need a boyfriend. I said, no, you don't. But she thought that relationship would bring her peace, and so we look for it in people. When I was a teenager, in middle school and high school, I sought peace through sports, through playing in a variety of different sports. I sought peace through popularity. If I could become popular, then surely I would experience peace, right? If you watch enough TV, you're told you'll find peace. If you have the latest iPhone, along with a payment that goes over three years. (laughs) You'll find peace if you have the latest gaming system or the latest gadget in your life. We look for peace by escaping the realities in our life, however that escape looks for you. Maybe that escape is working out. Maybe that escape is through some self-medication. Maybe that escape is through music or whatever. The Israelites were no different. They were continually chasing after other gods. They were continually seeking after things that they thought would bring them shalom. It's why Isaiah was prophesying to them to begin with, because God was going to help them discover that the only way they discover shalom is through that relationship with him. In the third century, Augustine of Hippo found himself desperately searching for peace. He searched through excessive pleasures. He searched for peace through drunkenness and distractions, as well as through philosophy and false religions. But he didn't find peace in any of those places. At one point, Augustine cried out, How long, O Lord? How long? And at that very moment, his eyes were led to a passage in Romans that showed him he could be freed from sin. And when he realized the freedom Christ made possible, 
he said he cried out to God saying, You have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. We are restless because of our desire to be filled, our desire to be fulfilled in life. We can experience what Augustine longed for and finally found through the Sar Shalom, our Prince of Peace. The distractions of the world can be set aside when we experience the Messiah who makes peace between God and us. The world's prescriptions for problems is to escape. Just get, just get rid of the problem and you'll be at peace. God doesn't want us to simply get rid of the problem. Sin is the problem. We can't get rid of it. There's only one way out of it. And he doesn't want to be separated from us. He created us to be in relationship with him. He desires a close, intimate, personal relationship. And so what did he do? He offered a peace offering. Isn't that what warring nations do when they finally come to a place of working out their disagreements and instead of fighting, they sit down and they come up with a peace treaty? Well, before humanity ever sinned, God had that peace treaty already in place. God sent Jesus, our Prince of Peace, into the world as that treaty so we could experience peace with God. That's what happened when Christ was crucified on the cross, when he conquered death in the grave. He allowed us to enter into that relationship of righteousness with God and experience our shalom, peace. Ephesians 2, 13 and following say, but now in Christ Jesus you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace. He reconciles us to God through the cross. He came and preached peace to you who were far away. Through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. But unfortunately, people tend to reject that peace offering of Jesus. They'd rather continue living apart from him. And Romans 8, 6 says, For the mindset on the flesh or on the things of the world is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. There's this battle going on. That's the division that Christ was talking about in Matthew. There's a battle going on for our spirit, for our soul, and it's a fight to the death to get their own way. Some are going to accept Jesus' peace offering as the Prince of Peace and receive life and peace. Well, others are not, and it's going to continue to cause strife and division. But this peace offering and Jesus dividing, he said, I've come to separate fathers from sons and mothers and mother-in-laws from their daughters and so on and so forth. And we wonder, what's that about? Have you ever known a Muslim or a Buddhist who came to Christ? It separated them from their family really quickly. There are some devout Jewish families that if someone comes to Christ, it separates them from their family very quickly. When we come to Christ, it separates us from Satan at that moment. And no longer are we a friend of Satan's, now we're an enemy of his. So what is he going to do? He's going to remind us. He's going to bring those old passions and desires at us. Remember how this made you feel, how you experienced a sense of fulfillment. And you may have in the moment, but after that moment was gone, you probably felt worse than you did before. It's called spiritual warfare. We want to do what is right in the eyes of God, but our old sin nature desires the things of this world. But God sent the Prince of Peace, the Messiah, so that we could have peace with God. The Messiah allows us to experience the peace of God in our life. Not just with God, but now we have the peace of God in us. When we have a relationship with God through Jesus, we experience his peace in our life. We have Sar Shalom because we have God in our hearts. He's filled that vacancy, that void, that place that was meant for only him. And in John 16, Jesus said, 
A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world, and as a result we can experience Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. We will all experience times in which we struggle in a variety of ways in this world. Jesus said, in this world you will have troubles. But when we trust God and place our faith in him, we experience peace with God. And we begin to experience the peace of God as we move through those various experiences. When we trust the Prince of Peace, we can experience peace in the middle of trials and tragedies that we face in life. Not because we understand what's happening, but because we trust the Prince of Peace who's promised to never leave us or forsake us. We trust the Sar Shalom who's promised to walk with us through the valley, not to send us into it alone, but to be with us as we go through. In Philippians 4, Paul reminds us we can experience the Prince of Peace as we pray. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If you want to experience peace in your life, put your hope and your trust in the Prince of Peace. Fix your eyes on Christ, the Prince of Peace, and he will guard, Scripture says, he will guard your heart and your mind. I thought about two different people. Let me share their stories really quickly with you. Because I don't know if you've ever been around someone who when they decided to come to Christ, if you were to take a before and after picture, their countenance has changed. When we enter into a relationship with Jesus and all the crud that we've experienced is taken away and all is made new, all of a sudden we look like a completely different person because we have the Prince of Peace in our hearts. Well, how does the Prince of Peace help us? If you go back to Matthew chapter 1, you read the story of Joseph. He and Mary were engaged, which was binding in that day. And Joseph found out, I wonder how he found out, that Mary was pregnant. An angel visited Mary. How did Joseph find out? And when he found out, we are given a glimpse into how he felt. He felt betrayed. He felt tossed to the side of the road. He knew he wasn't the dad. Can you imagine the lack of peace that Joseph felt in that very moment? And he was struggling. He was struggling with what to do. The law said he could have Mary stoned to death for this. But it also said he could divorce her quietly. And he loved her. He really did love her. Even though she was pregnant with this baby, he loved her. It wasn't his, but he loved her. And I think he was probably leaning toward divorcing her quietly. And then he went to sleep. And in his sleep, in his dream, the angel of the Lord visited him and said, Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child in her is of the Holy Spirit. You're going to raise the Son of God, the Prince of Peace. And Joseph awoke from the dream and did just that. But can you imagine the chaos that they experienced from that moment on. Can you imagine the looks of the townspeople? Can you imagine the jeers of the townspeople? There's even a place in the New Testament where the Pharisees, it appears, remind Jesus that um, your birth is kind of shady around these parts. Joseph was able to carry that. Joseph was able to deal with that because he had experienced the peace of God 
in his life. It took great faith for Joseph to believe God's message. I mean, if an angel appears to you, it's one thing. In a dream, you wake up going, oh, is that real? Is it not? In Acts chapter 12, Peter was in prison for preaching the good news of Christ. He was waiting to be executed the very next day. But yet, Scripture tells us he was asleep. He was so asleep when an angel showed up beside him to get him out of prison, the angel had to punch him in the ribs to wake him up. That's how sound asleep he was on the night he was in prison before he was executed. How could Peter be that sound asleep in a moment like that? He had trust and faith in God. Because he experienced peace with God, he was experiencing the peace of God in that moment. When a relationship with Christ becomes your life, rather than simply a part of your life, you can have the peace that Joseph and Peter both experienced. When a relationship with Christ becomes your life, rather than simply a part of your life, you begin to experience sar shalom. Do you have that type of peace? Conflict and turmoil were raging around them, but they had total calm in their hearts. It's the same peace that allowed Longfellow to write the last stanza to his poem. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. God's peace is a permanent peace. It's not based on circumstances, difficulties, disappointments, or discouragements in life. It's simply based on faith and trusting in him, and depending on God to supply the peace that we need for the moments we find ourselves in, we can do that. Because God promised to the Israelites 2,700 years ago, he will be your prince of peace. Your star Shalom, the one who gives us a sense of well-being, happiness, fulfillment, and completeness. God, we thank you that you didn't leave us on our own, but Father, that you sent a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, everlasting Father, and when we experience him in those ways, we experience him as our Prince of Peace. So God, help us not just to make a relationship with you an aspect of our life. Help it to be our life in which everything else flows out of. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Sar Shalom, we pray. Amen. If you want to experience peace, it's not going to happen through any gift under a tree. It's going to happen through the gift that's found in a manger. If you'd like to invite Jesus into your heart, if you'd like to experience peace this Christmas, what's keeping that from happening? He is your wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and he desires for you to experience that peace. So will you come to him today? Maybe you're here and you've been struggling in some form or fashion in life and you just need peace. Trust and have faith and experience our shalom. If you can do that where you are in your home, here in the pew, here at the altar, if you'd like me to pray with you, I'd be honored to do that. Oh, but don't let another day of confusion and chaos go by when you can have peace. 
you'd like to know more about becoming part of Mill Creek, I'd love to have that conversation. If the Lord's laid something else on your heart and you just know you need to give it to him today, then we welcome that. If you'd like to make it public, I'll be right here. We'd love to celebrate with you in it. We're going to stand and close this hour of worship out by singing and responding. If you want to do that, let's stand and sing together. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant so You be seated for just a moment so you can see my friend Judy. Judy, come on up here. You're my friend, Judy. Judy Priest comes this morning by transfer of letter from a sister church nearby. And I told her, you know, seasons take us to different places. And this season has brought her here to Mill Creek. She is a believer and comes this morning desiring to become part of the Mill Creek family as if you haven't been for the last year or so now. But to make it official. And so if you'd welcome Judy this morning into the Mill Creek family, would you just celebrate and let her know that today? <laughs> Judy, want to clean here? Okay. All right. She's, if, you, if you are friends with Peggy Arbogast on Facebook, Judy is one that spoils her to this moment. So this is one of Peggy's sisters. I'm going to ask Judy to just remain right here. We're going to sing our benediction as we have all month. Let me remind you, Saturday, we have a 5 o'clock Christmas Eve celebration. It is a family friendly, so bring the kids. We're not distracted by them. And then on Sunday morning, Christmas Day, we will have a 10 a.m. worship only. No Sunday school, just the one worship. So come on on Sunday morning as we celebrate Christ's birth in worship on his birthday. Let me invite you to stand and close us out in our benediction. Make our hearts your throne, Prince of Peace. Make our lives your own, Prince of Peace. May our joy increase and our striving as we rest in you, Prince of Peace. Merry Christmas.